Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today I'll be reading Longfellow's The Brook and the Wave. The Brook and the Wave is a short poem, a mere three stanzas of four lines each for a total of twelve. But it ends with a wallop that is completely unexpected, like a boxer punching way above his or her weight. The poem, as the title suggests, consists of two images, a brook on a wooded mountainside, or at least I imagine a forest, and an ocean wave. At the poem's conclusion, these two images merge into one, or at least they're supposed to. I'm not sure they do, and that uncertainty is for me part of the poem's unexpected disturbing power. But perhaps they do merge, and all is well. Listen, and see not so much what you think, but what you feel. The Brook and the Wave by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow The brooklet came from the mountain, as sang the bard of old, Running with feet of silver over the sands of gold. Far away in the briny ocean, there rolled a turbulent wave, now singing along the sea beach, now howling along the cave. And the brooklet has found the billow, though they flowed so far apart, and has filled with freshness and sweetness that turbulent, bitter heart. If I were in a classroom, I'd ask for a show of hands. Raise your hand if you felt tranquil at the end of the brook and the wave. Okay. Now raise your hand if you felt disturbed at the end of the brook and the wave. I write the totals on the board. Second question. Raise your hand if you think Longfellow intended for you to feel tranquil at the end of the brook and the wave. Okay. Now raise your hand if you think Longfellow intended for you to feel disturbed at the end of the brook and the wave. Again, I've written the totals on the board. If everyone agrees on both questions, then I need another lesson plan. If everyone doesn't agree, but if the numbers line up, if those who said tranquil the first time also say tranquil the second time, and those who said disturbed the first time also stay consistent the second time, the two groups can just debate each other about the poem. But if the numbers don't match up, if there are those who think Longfellow intended one thing, but they felt another, then the class can talk among themselves about why it turned out that way. I might add at some point in the discussion that perhaps Longfellow himself intended one thing, but felt another. But I would also suggest being cautious about such a conclusion. Let's listen again with this question in mind. The Brook and the Wave by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow The brooklet came from the mountain, as sang the bard of old, running with feet of silver over the sands of gold. Far away in the briny ocean there rolled a turbulent wave, now singing along the sea beach, now howling along the cave. And the brooklet has found the billow, though they flowed so far apart, and has filled with freshness and sweetness that turbulent, 
bitter heart. If there's time left in the hour, I would bring up another issue. The question of gender. Gender doesn't appear overtly in the poem, but I can hardly read it without thinking of gender at the conclusion. Longfellow has anthropomorphized the brook and the wave in the final stanza. Sure, a brook can be literally fresh and sweet in the absence of salt, and it even can poetically run with feet of silver as it does in the first stanza without the reader or listener thinking of it as a person. Similarly, an ocean wave can be turbulent, as it is in the second stanza as well as the third, and the ocean can both sing and howl without being thought a person, but a wave with a bitter heart is another thing. It's a person, and the union of the brook and the wave is the union of two people. And I can't help thinking of freshness and sweetness as feminine, and a turbulent bitter heart as masculine, and then take the next step and look at this as a marriage poem with a gentle wife and a turbulent husband. And now the first question becomes urgent. Will a gentle wife transform a violent man? Should we think she can? Or is the truth different than the wish? But maybe I'm imposing my biases on the poem. Must a wife be feminine and a husband masculine? Are these characteristics themselves necessarily gendered? Can't a wife be bitter and a husband be sweet? And what then of the first question? If you're thinking of gender, are you left tranquil or are you left disturbed? Let's listen a third time with gender in mind. The Brook and the Wave by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow the brooklet came from the mountain, as sang the bard of old, running with feet of silver over the sands of gold. Far away in the briny ocean there rolled a turbulent wave, now singing along the sea beach, now howling along the cave. And the brooklet has found the billow, though they flowed so far apart, and has filled with freshness and sweetness that turbulent, bitter heart. But the bell rings before we can reach any conclusions, even a conclusion about whether there is anything gendered about the poem at all, much less whether it's a marriage poem, and next class, another poem. I hope you enjoyed both The Brook and the Wave and the imaginary classroom it inspired, and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. If you think others might enjoy fireside poems, please let them know about it through your social media so that they might join you and me each week by the fireside.